Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our Sunday morning service. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Today, we're going to look at uh, all I want for Christmas is to be close to God. You, You see, as followers of Jesus... With a Christian worldview, we recognize that this season is about something more than lights and trees and gifts and toys. So if you would, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come into this place today to celebrate so many things, we come to hear from you. We we come to... Let you speak to our heart of hearts. Lord, all we want for Christmas is really all that you can give. And so, again, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us. Meet us where we are and bring to us what we need. For you're a good, good father and you provide for us so generously. We pray this in your name. Amen. All I want for Christmas is to be close to God. Now, I, I don't know about you, but, but I think it's getting harder to uh, have really close relationships with people. I don't know if you've thought that. Uh, and so if it's getting hard to have really close relationships with people, it's probably also hard to get close to God. And I, I'm going to sort of give you uh, what I think may be part of the distraction. Have you ever been in a restaurant or been in a coffee shop and you see people sitting around a table where they're supposed to be talking and connecting and building into their relationships with each other, but they're all doing this? (laughs) You know, we've all seen it. You know, we're in close proximity. Look, we're all guilty of doing it at some point, I think. We're in close proximity with people that we want to have significant relationships with. But we get distracted by the technology that's close at hand. You know, just a quick survey. How many of you have a mobile phone? Just raise your hand if you have a mobile phone. How many of you have a mobile phone that's a smartphone? I'm curious, all right? How many of you have a, just a flip phone? All right, good for you. Good for you. Because you know what? It's a lot harder to get distracted by a, by a flip phone. But, but here's the deal. I mean, we've all been this. Maybe you've been meeting with somebody at a coffee shop, and all of a sudden, a text pops up. And instead of focusing on the person, you read the text. I'm guilty. Uh, maybe you've been in a meeting, and uh, you know the, the phone rings, and you excuse yourself to take the phone call. You know, I don't know about you, but... I can't think of any time where it's been a life or death situation that that phone call needed to be answered. Uh, you know, and, and I think about this. Look, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when there weren't mobile phones, when, when the phone was tied to the wall. And, uh, you know, if a life or death emergency happened, uh, yeah, it took a while to get to sometimes people. I, I remember I was a kid and, you know, I was old enough to be at home alone. And one afternoon I, I got... Uh, injured, and I went up to my neighbors and said, hey, can you help me? And they, they saw I was pretty bloody, and they, they took me to the hospital because they couldn't reach my parents on the phone stuck to the wall. So a couple hours later, they, they met me. Um, you know, so I remember that time. But, but here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with technology. 
Okay, technology is neutral. It's a tool. It can be used for good things. It can be used for bad things. But sometimes we can let technology or other things distract us. In this season of Christmas and Advent, we can let all of the trappings, all of the to-dos, all of the expectations, oftentimes that are really self-imposed expectations about what we should do, we can let them distract us from the main thing. Look, I'm guilty of it just like anybody else. I was at a memorial service earlier this year. And uh, I, the, the memorial service was packed. I drove up. I parked on the street. It was in an area with a busy downtown area. The sidewalk was just packed with people. I walked into the church. I had to move to the center aisle. The service was starting, and I did this. Uh-oh, I'm in my coat pocket. No, no telephone. And then I realized I'd use it as a GPS, and I don't lock my car. And it's on the street by a busy sidewalk. I was distracted that entire memorial service. I had to pay attention because I realized I couldn't get up and get out. I would have dislodged half a row of people. And so I tried to focus. And honestly, I just prayed. I said, God, please let my phone be there. And the end of the story is it was there. But, but here's the big picture. We can be distracted by technology even when it's not in our possession. We can be distracted by technology when it's with us. We can be distracted by things that are good. But in this season particularly, we remember that Christmas is the time where God's message is, I've come close. I've come close to you. He's saying, don't miss me. God is here. I'm going to look at several points this morning that I think will draw this very relevant message to each of us. So here's the first thing, just, just to level set everything. God came close in Jesus. That's my first point. God came close in Jesus. We're going to look at some scriptures that, that demonstrate that. The first one's from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and following. So here we go. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, it's interesting. In this passage, we hear that Jesus has two names. One of them is a prophetic name. It's Emmanuel. It means God with us. That's why we sing it this season, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Jesus also has a meaning. The, Holy, the, the angel told us uh, means that our God saves. God saves. So Jesus came 
And his name tells us that he is God with us and that he's come to save us. This is communicated throughout all the, all the gospels, but particularly maybe the gospel of John says it the clearest. So we're going to look at a passage from the gospel of John, chapter 1. Here we go. In the beginning was the Word, which is another name for Jesus. The Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. These scriptures and others like it tell us that God came close to us in the Son of God, in Jesus. They tell us that God the Son came to earth and lived in human form. Now, Theologians call this the doctrine of the incarnation. The incarnation affirms Jesus' humanity. Now, theologians explain how Jesus is fully God and fully man with a term that they call the hypostatic union. The hypostatic union is used to describe how Jesus, the Son of God, took on human nature and yet remained fully God. You read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see that Jesus lived and experienced everything that you and I experience. He was fully human. He laughed and he cried. He was happy and he was angry. He slept and he woke up. He rejoiced and he wept. He was born and he died. Now, those are all experiences that you and I have as human beings. But he was also fully God. That means he was all-knowing. We see that. He understood what needed to happen when he performed miracles. He could read people's minds. He was all-knowing. He was also all-powerful. He could still stormy waters. He could multiply food. He turned water into wine. He healed people. He walked on water. He brought dead people back to life. And he himself rose from the dead. That's supernatural. That's the divinity of Jesus. He was fully God and fully human. So God came close to us in the Son of God, Jesus who came to save us. And that's important for us to understand. In the book of Hebrews, the Apostle Paul writes this, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. You you see, God sent his Son to become human. So he could be the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price of sin, to break the power of Satan over humanity who enslaved us to sin and defeated. And Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated the power of sin 
and the power of death. So Jesus is God in human flesh. He came to be our Savior. He came to be born God close to us. He came to the earth to live with us and to let us all know that God desires to be close to us, to have a relationship with us, to know us. It's through Jesus that we can be close to God. So that's the second thing that I want us to see. God can be known through Jesus. God can be known through Jesus. Jesus is God who has come close. Now, the incarnation, it's an essential doctrine of the Christian faith that that God came to earth. God sent his son so that we would understand that God wants to be close to us, that he wants to know us. The early followers of Jesus understood this. In fact, they experienced God in the flesh, Jesus. They knew him personally, and they understood his desire for us to know God through a relationship with him. So we read this in the first letter of John. The same John who wrote the Gospel of John wrote three letters and the book of Revelation. In the first letter, he wrote this. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our eyes and touched him with our hands. He is the word of life. The one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Now, If you're a student of Scripture, if you've studied the writings of the Apostle John, you see uh, the same kinds of words that he used in the Gospel here in his first letter. He, he, He calls Jesus the Word. He talks about our joy being complete. But I want you to see what else he tells us there. He said, we testify that Jesus is eternal, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is divine, that he existed from the beginning of time. And they said that though he was God, they saw him with their own eyes. They heard him speak with their own ears. They touched him with their own hands. And though they had this physical experience with him, they say that Jesus himself is eternal life. In other words, knowing him, being in a relationship with him, you receive eternal life. He represents the fact that if we know him, God come close, Emmanuel, we can have eternal life. And they testify in that letter. They say that we have fellowship with God. And you can have fellowship with God also. In other words, we we have a relationship with God. You can have a relationship with God too. And they say... We draw close to God, and you can draw close to God. When John writes, we touched him with our own hands, Pastor Tim Keller 
has wrote this in response. He said, how can the infinite become that finite? The extraordinary become the ordinary. Yet that is the very heart of the Christmas message. Unimaginable greatness was packed into the Son of God in a manger. John tells us that the infinite God has become finite, that we can know God. Jesus himself said that we can know God through him. We can have a relationship with God. In the Gospel of John, John records a prayer, a prayer of Jesus. He's praying to God the Father, and in this prayer, this is what he says to God. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. When you believe in God through faith in Jesus Christ, you receive eternal life. You know God. So Jesus, the Son of God, came in the flesh so that we could fully understand God's desire to know us. But he also came to save us from our sins forever, for eternity. In the book of Galatians, you can just, if you're taking notes, you can write this down because it's not going to be on the screen. Galatians 4, verses 4 through 5. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul says this, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Paul is writing about the purpose of why God sent Jesus, which we celebrate at Christmas. He said he sent his son, that he would be born of a woman. In other words, he would be born in human flesh like you and I. That he would be subject to the law. He was born into a Jewish family so that he would be subject to the Jewish law. And he sent his son to purchase freedom for those of us who were slaves to the law. And he would purchase that freedom through his death on a cross. So that all who believed in him would be given the right to become children of God. In other words, to be adopted into God's family. Whether you were born into a Jewish family or into a non-Jewish family. To be adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That Jesus came so that we could know God, so that we could receive eternal life. Jesus said this about his purpose. He said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You see, he realized, God realized that we couldn't keep the law the 613 laws of Judaism, we couldn't keep them because as soon as we tried to keep one, we would break another. And if we asked for forgiveness that very same day, we would break another. So we couldn't keep it. We would be separated from God. So we needed a Savior. We needed God to save us from our sins, from the law. So he sent one who was born of a woman under the law. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. 
He did that to free us from sin and slavery to an impossible to keep set of laws. He freed us from the law. He redeemed us. He bought us back from slavery to it so that we become children of God. So if you've gone through these two points, then the thing that you recognize next is, how do I know God is with me? So let's talk about that, this statement, I want to know God is with me. From the scriptures we've already, that we've read already, we've seen that God came, that Jesus came to be God with us. We've seen that he came to earth and people saw him and touched him and heard him. But what about today? Scripture tells us that after Jesus died on the cross, he was resurrected from the grave and he ascended into heaven. So how do we know God now? By faith that we trust that Jesus is who the scriptures say he is. And when we believe in Jesus, we receive not only the promise of eternal life, but scripture tells us that we receive the Holy Spirit, that God gives us his spirit to live in us, to guide us, to direct us, to comfort us. It says the Holy Spirit is a guarantee to us that we've received this. In the book of Ephesians, we read this. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I think we're all familiar with the concept of a deposit. Recently, I bought something, and they had to order it, so they said you need to put down a 50% deposit. So I put down 50%, assuring that I was going to get what I asked for. And when it came in, then I paid the balance. God has given us the Holy Spirit when we trust in Jesus Christ as a deposit to remind us that we have eternal life, to remind us that we have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, that now is activated through the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that God the Father and God the Son sent the Spirit to us to help us be in a relationship with God. So listen to these words from Jesus. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So so while Jesus ascended into heaven... By faith, we can know God, and he gives us the Holy Spirit who is with us and lives with us to be our teacher, our guide, our comforter, teaching us the truths of Jesus and all that he taught so that we can live in a relationship with him. Pastor Tim Keller has written about the role of the Holy Spirit in helping us know how we can be close to God. So I want to share a quote. He says, Because of Christmas, look at what God has done to get you to know him personally. If the son would come all the way to becoming a real person to meet you, don't you think the Holy Spirit will do anything within his power to make Jesus a real person to you and your heart? Christmas is an invitation by God saying, 
Look what I've done to come near to you. Now draw near to me. I don't want to be a concept. I want to be a relationship with you. This season that we celebrate, in these coming days as we head to the celebration of Christmas on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it's an annual reminder to us. It's an annual reminder to the world that says God has come close, that we can know God and have a relationship with Him, and that God desires that for Him. So, so let me ask you, where does that leave you today? Maybe you've never heard a message like this, and you say, yeah, I want to know, God. How do I do that? Maybe you're thinking, you know, you've had a taste of knowing God before, but, but life and all of its activities have distracted you. And you're not quite sure how to make your way back into that relationship. Or, or, or maybe, like can happen in any relationship that we have, your relationship with God is, has grown stale. Now, that's not because of God. That's because you haven't pursued that relationship. You haven't kept it fresh. Just like you have to do with any relationship. So this week before we celebrate the birth of Jesus, would you like to reconnect or connect for the first time? To know God personally? To, to know that he's come near? If you already know that, would you, would you like to recommit to refocusing on what this season is all about? A relationship with a God who loves you enough to come near? I'm going to give you the opportunity to either begin that relationship for the first time or to recommit to a relationship with God for the first time, to recommit to Him. I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray to Him. And so I'm going to invite all of you to close your eyes, and I'm going to pray. And at some points, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to pray some things silently, and then I'll just also give you some space to pray silently. So let's bow our heads. God, we thank You that You have come close through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through the Word made flesh, you have shown us that you desire to know us and have a relationship with us. And for anybody here who's never entered into that relationship with you, Lord, I'm going to give them the opportunity to speak to you right now. So if, if you want to begin a relationship with God for the first time, just pray silently these words to God. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Just go ahead and say that to him silently. I believe Jesus came and died for my sins. Go ahead and tell him that. I accept his forgiveness. Tell him that. And now I want to follow him forever. Tell him that. For those of you who want to recommit your life to Jesus, then I encourage you just uh, in a moment and some quiet time just to to tell him that you want to recommit, that you want to pursue him with reckless abandon. You want to keep that relationship fresh. And for those of you who feel like you're walking in a constant relationship of freshness with him, that's good. Just, just reinforce that with him now. So I'm going to go quiet here, and for a few moments, you can recommit, reconnect with him. So go ahead and pray.
God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you that you loved loved us enough to, to pursue us with reckless abandon. Thank you for sending the Son in the flesh so that we could know him. And after he ascended, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in all who believe, reminding us that we are saved by faith and that we can have a relationship with God every moment of every day. In this season, Lord, we want to draw close to you like you've drawn close to us, and we want to live it out far beyond this season for the rest of our lives. So we want to draw near as you have drawn near to us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand as we sing this closing song about drawing close to God and connecting with him. Draw near to me that I have drawn possible here and all things 
things are possible here. So come on, come on. Oh, I give faith. And I have made a place for you. So come on, come on. And all things are possible. So come on, come on, oh, enjoy it, all my love, all my love is for you, and all my love is yours, every voice, all my love, all to you and now you need to draw close to him in just a moment I'll release you I encourage you to uh, go out in the cafe and connect with one another if you'd like to pray with somebody prayer team members will be up here if you said Jesus I want to begin a relationship with you for the first time then come up I have a resource that I would love to give you now receive the blessing may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go in peace. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.